<laughs> Welcome to Watch Out, where we dig through our DVD dungeon, where we scour the endless streaming landscape, all to help you find some kick-ass horror movies. Hello and welcome to Watch Out, the horror movie review podcast. We're glad to have you with us. Our goal is to provide you with spoiler-free reviews and recommendations for both recent films and horror classics. I am Jason the Terrible, broadcasting from Ottawa, Ontario, and I am joined from Vancouver, BC by Grave Robber Jeff. Hello. And Slice and Dice and Dave. Hello, everyone. Gotta tell you guys, I'm very happy to be talking horror movies with you tonight. Why is that there, Jason the Terrible? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we gotta know. Well, no big reason. I've just spent the whole weekend painting my kids' rooms, and I really want to do something different. So let's Ooh, talk man, horror movies. It's been a while since we've all got together and talked horror movies. As you can tell by the backlog of shitty episodes we've thrown out. <laughs> Actually, they were pretty good, those, those vault episodes. But see, this, this is the thing. This, I'm back working, you see, eh? And like this past month, when I'm working... I don't watch as many movies. So I've looked back at my diary of movies I've watched this month. And I watched, ooh, I watched The Craft. You remember that one from the mid-90s? With like Feruza Balk and Nev Campbell and all those. And I'm like, ooh, that was a pretty good one. And then I watched Heat for the first time. Can you believe that? I hadn't seen Heat with Pacino and De Niro. Sounds a lot like Eat. Yeah, you just throw an H on the front of it and... And you got yourself basically the same movie. So you see, I've been watching good movies, and, and so I said, well, i got to watch some shitty horror movies, so let's get at her. <laughs> but I didn't pick shitty horror movies this week. That's the problem, you see. Pick potentially good ones. I was quite excited to dive into the uh, horror movies this week. What have you guys been up to? Wait, it's been a while. What's, what's going on in life in general? Does anybody care? No one else does, but me, I do. I don't think we want to talk about life in general. I want to talk about horror to, movies. I went to so many rock shows. Like, I went to this, like, you know, that stadium tour with, like, with like Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison, and all those guys, and Joan Jett. And then, and then two days later, I went and saw Punk and Drublick with No Effects, you know, and uh, The Descendants. And then the next night, I went and saw a, little, a band named Dirty Honey. I was like, holy shit, that's a lot of goddamn uh, rock and roll in one weekend. But living life to the fullest, as they say. I finally finished Stranger Things. Hey! And? Well, I can't say anything because A, we're a spoiler-free podcast, and B, Grave Rubber Jeff hasn't finished Stranger Things. Well, I that's I not finished true. the first episode. <laughs> well, that's... Who lets this guy on the podcast? No, I'm, what I'm saying, Jay, is you're, you're, how you said... You, you just said... Now, now, stop me if I'm wrong. I can't say anything because this, this, and that. There's a lot of things you can say. You can say, hey, it was pretty good. Or, hey, yeah, you know, like, I'm glad I watched it. There was a ton of things. You, you just took the easy way out, man. What the shit? You can say a lot. Did you like it? So you're setting me up <laughs> to say a lot now is what you're saying. Well, you got to say something. I think every season ramped up from the season before, which I imagine is probably the goal of a multi-season Netflix series like that. Um, it was pretty cool, eh? It was, With the it faces was, and everything? It was pretty satisfying. I think by the time you get to season four, the characters, you've been with them for a while. And the, and I mean, the, and the, the ones that and, are still and, there, wink, wink, wink. And the, and the running up the hill and all that business? 
Yeah, well, now I can understand why you guys were talking about that song that much, but... Yeah, wasn't that awesome? I tell you. Enough about Stranger Things. All right, well, let's talk about this episode coming up right now. Yeah! Our feature review was picked by Grave Robber Jeff. But before we get to that, Slice and Dice and Dave... You picked our mini review theme. Yeah, I sure did. Remember how I was just saying, like, I went to a bunch of rock shows and punk rock shows and all that? Well, I said, why not merge my two loves into one night of podcasting, uh, podcasting? Bliss? Hmm. Yeah, bliss, I guess. I don't know. Bliss is kind of a lame-ass word. Um, podcasting bliss. (laughs) Anyway, so I mushed them together and I said, hey, we got to watch a horror movie that has something to do with like uh, rock music or a band or like metal music or some sort of band and music. So let's pick a a music themed kind of horror movie type thing. Yeah, and I was a little worried about that at first because I could think of one off the top of my head and you wanted to pick it. So I had to dive a little deeper. God, you say that all the time, Jay. You say that all the time. It's called Google. And There's then, a million movies out there. And then Grave Robber Jeff, so, you picked one that was the second one off the top of my head. But you'd seen that one, right? Well, I think I rented it back in like I did. high school. Yeah. Yeah, damn right. That's pretty sick. How the hell did you see it, Jeff? Everyone's favorite service, Plex. Oh, Ooh. really? It was on Plex. Interesting. We'll have to talk about your experience using Plex to watch. That was the first movie I watched on Plex. Hey, I got an email the other day from Plex saying, hey, we just got all our emails and stuff stolen, so change your password. Did you have to do that, Jeff? <laughs> uh, I didn't actually sign up. I just viewed <laughs> as a guest. I didn't have to sign up. Oh, why would you sign up to Plex? I don't remember signing up. Clearly, they... Oh, my God. I just gave it to somebody. No, because I didn't do it through the, what, the, the email that they sent me. I went specifically to Plex. And they had me... Anyway, what? shut up, you <laughs> jerks. Let's talk horror movies. Jesus Christ. All right, so Grave Robber Jeff, uh, later on in this episode, we're going to be talking about a feature review that you picked, and that is what? It's a, a little film called X. Not to be confused with X. Because right now X? there's two movies that were named X on, on Amazon Prime channel. I don't think anybody but you were confused there, Jason. No. You I... just made us confused. It was quite a horrible turn of events. Anyways, I was trying to be nice. Damn it. <laughs> okay, copy that. I guess I believe you. All right, well, let's go into our mini review segment first before this you know, teeters off the rails a little bit. I think that means Grave Robber Jeff, since you picked the feature review, you get to go first with your mini review. Yay! Grave Robber Jeff's Fresh Dig. Yes, I was kind of excited about this category because I like music. And there were a couple movies we've talked about that turned out pretty good. If you guys remember Uncle Peckerhead. Yep. Oh, what a great flick. Hey, Jesus we just Christ. had an episode released about him. Oh, yeah, that was great, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, also, my number one under-the-radar movie from way back when, Slumber Party Massacre 2. What a which great was flick. an unintended musical that I enjoyed. So, this one, I thought, back to the days as a kid, because there was always this movie in the rental store with a guitar on the front. 
And it wasn't just any old guitar. It was a 3D type guitar. You know, and you run your fingers over it and it's actually raised off the box. What do you call that? Yeah, I don't know, but there's not very many like them. So that's like something you always remember. or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too there, Jeff. I remember that box as well. Because I'll be damned on the back, if there wasn't a boob on the back, like a real life boob. And being a young kid, I was like, oh my God. And then it was embossed and you could run your finger over it as well. So that was like my first experience with a with a lady, I think. No, I'm only pretending about the emboss, but there was indeed a boob on the back, so I always wanted to see that movie. I have recently seen it. Oh boy. <laughs> it's been a while. Anyways, I guess I guess I should say the name of the movie. 1988's Black Roses. Black Roses. Yeah. <laughs> now Dave, you said you saw this recently? Yeah, really recently. I'm interested to know what you thought, Jeff, so take it away. All right, well, I was just wondering in case you remembered it recently, maybe you could pipe in if you had some thoughts. But I will just go ahead, because the strong point of this one, of course, is the soundtrack. Because if anyone was a fan of the 80s metal, which I think at least two out of three of us didn't mind it, it opens with a band in full demon gear singing Lizzie Borden's Me Against the World. Yeah. And it's not a bad song. It's actually a pretty catchy metal song. So I was sitting there watching it saying, yeah, hey, this might be the greatest movie of all time. And it, but it felt like kind of like a music video for the band at the beginning. So there wasn't anything really horror-y going on. But wasn't, what, weren't they demons or something? Well, they, well, they looked like demons, but... That's... It seems like they could just be demons, like shooting a music video, oh, or I performing see. a concert. So I wasn't sure if they were actually demons at this point. Gotcha. Anyways, the beginning's kind of like a standalone mini music video, which is which is kind of neat. I kind of enjoyed that part. But then eventually it goes into the small town of Mill Basin, where the citizens of Mill Basin, i.e., the teenagers, are very excited. Because the band, Black Roses, has decided to open their worldwide tour in their little town. And nothing ever exciting happens in Mill Basin. So they're all very excited to go see this rock band. Unfortunately, the parents are not very excited. And they hold a forum to kind of debate whether or not they should let the band play. Anyways, so the show is allowed to go on and... It's, they start out, they, they seem like a pretty reasonable band. Some of the parents like go to the show and they think, ah, they're kind of like a normal band. They're not going to do any damage. They're not going to be a bad influence on our youth at all. And so they go home and go to bed. But then, unfortunately, the band is a bad influence on the teens. What? In the, yeah, who would have thought? Unfortunately, they influence them to start killing their parents. That's kind of the the story, I guess. But the weird thing was there wasn't really a protagonist on the teenager's side. The protagonist was a uh, thoughtful English teacher who wanted to protect the kids. And so the movie's kind of him trying to protect the kids from the band and, might I say, the world. <laughs> Anyways, from the cast point of view, there's a lot of people who... You probably don't know. 
Um, <laughs> and they haven't done a lot since. But there's a couple people you might know. Does anyone know Lou Ferrigno? Yeah, it wasn't he uh, the Ultimate Hulk? <laughs> the Ultimate. I think Hulk. he was the Ultimate Hulk. Ah, uh, see, I know, I know things about movies. I oh, actually yes, TV yeah. shows. Really? A TV show, wasn't it? <laughs> I never know with you. <laughs> hey, what happens if I was being completely serious? I, you know what I'm saying? I well, I never know with you. <laughs> oh God, he was, he was Hulk, right? I mean, some people really? call him the ultimate Incredible Hulk. Yeah. So oh. maybe that's what I thought you were going for. Anyway, keep going. Anyways, Lou Ferrigno is not in this movie. <laughs> But his wife, <laughs> Carla Ferrigno, is in this movie. <laughs> Nicely so it's done, like that, Robert Jeff. So it's like that eight degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Except, What's that oh, thing that right. Jason always does? Except it's one degree of Lou Ferrigno. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so she's in it. Fans of The Sopranos, which is a show I have not seen yet, and it's on my list. Uh, there's a guy here that was in... A prominent role in that series, but I can't really comment on that because I never watched it. But his name is Vincent Pastor, which you'll definitely recognize him, apparently, because a lot of reviewers, even though he has a small role, pointed out quite urgently or happily or however you want to say it. Anyways, the rest of the actors and actresses I don't think went on to do very much else. So one thing that's very entertaining about this movie is, well, let's see, how should I say this? There's a lot of build-up to the actual demon sequences later on. And when you actually see them, they are the weirdest, craziest demon effects I think you'll ever see. And that's not to say that they're good effects, but they're effects that you look at and you're like, well, what the hell is that? But I found it highly entertaining. There's a fight between, I think the teacher actually, I could be wrong about that, and one of the demons that is it's just terrible, but it's so entertaining. Like, we've talked about movies like that before, right? While it's all practical effects, so this is well before anything computerized or whatever, still, I, I would have thought they would have come up with something better than that. But at the same time, super fun to watch them. It was very, I was very conflicted. But the runtime of this thing's like under 130, 130. This movie's under an hour and a half, so it gets over pretty quick. I think the pros, you gotta say the soundtrack. Super cool if you like the heavy metal. <laughs> and like, I don't even know why I should say this is a pro, but the ridiculous demon effects I found super entertaining. Then on the con side, it's like, well, here's the thing, the demon effects, they're in both the pros and the cons. Like how often does that happen? And also in between like action sequences, there isn't a lot of like strong plot and character development so it's kind of all it kind of just goes along because you, you know something's going to happen at the end so you're kind of just kind of like well i'll get to the point you know then at the end it, <laughs> yeah i think it's one of those things that's it's almost falls into the category that it's so bad that it's good but it's still not the greatest movie but if you like the music and you're curious about the way they did some demons back then i still think it's, it's kind of fun to watch but I can't give it a super high rating because it's not that great. But it's still fun to watch. <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. Anyways, I come up with a 6.1 out of 10. 
explain hey, that's not, one that's out not of too ten. bad. I kind of, Jeff, I'm going to cut in there, there, Jason the Terrible. Um, this movie I had built up for years and years and years, and unfortunately it didn't quite live up to my hype as well. But it was worth watching. Was it so bad it's good? Um, no. <laughs> it was just all right. Well, you're making me want to go check out those demon effects then. Because the last time you were so excited about some of those special effects was when you were talking about Jack Frost. I went and watched Jack Frost to watch those special effects that you were all excited about. I don't remember being a uh, fan of those effects too much, but you were, it's been a you while. Were, you were telling me how, like, every time it happened, you'd be like, oh my God, here it goes again. We have to go. I'll, I'll bring up the transcript from that episode. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I seem to remember something happening around a uh, record player in Black Roses. Did something hilarious happen around a record player? It was kind of, well, it was a, a speaker system. Okay, that's all that I remember. That's sad, because I only watched it like a year ago. I can't really remember what happened. Yeah. Anyway. I'm always like on the fence of, with spoilers and stuff, whether or not to say th those sorts of things. But right? No, you can say cool I, deaths and stuff, like whoopty. I'll say there's an interesting death involving a speaker system. Cool. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jeffrey the Terrible. All right. Well, it's time to dive into Jason the Terrible's DVD dungeon. Jason the Terrible's DVD dungeon. So I ended up doing a Google search, and when you search for horror movie music or bands, you come up with a bunch of soundtrack results. It wasn't as easy as you're making it sound there, Slice and Dice and Dave. Oh, it was, man. I put in metal and horror, and then a lot of things come up. But anyway, I eventually <laughs> figured it out. I mastered this technology. Unfortunately, I came up with the movie Rocktober Blood from 1984. <laughs> this movie was released on October 12th, 1984, just in time for Halloween, I suppose, is what they were going for. This movie is about a heavy metal singer who kills lots of people and is put to death. But then two years later, he comes back and starts killing lots of people again. And that's pretty much the plot. The, the thing about this movie is it's pretty low budget. It's trying to take advantage of the, the 80s horror boom, sure. But it was not edited well, and it really hurts, like painfully hurts when I watch this, because you'll go from someone's being attacked and interrupted by security guards and the attacker will go chase the security guards, and then it says, two years later. I'm like, what, what happened with the security guards? And the movie's telling me, screw the security guards, it's two years later now. I'm like, no, but I want to know what happened. I, I have no closure. No, two years later, you know, the, the lead singer was, was put to death, and now it's two years later. I'm like, fine, damn it. So this heavy metal lead singer... The movie starts with him laying down some awesome heavy metal lead singing tracks in the studio and everyone's sitting around going, yeah, we're going to ship platinum records with this, man, yeah. And the guy's like really giving it, like he's, he's, he's singing this song which is basically foreshadowing the entire movie. All the lyrics are about how he's going to kill people and he's back and yeah. Running out, it's killed for doing sake. When you least expect it, I will attack. 
the problem is this heavy, like for me anyway, the problem with this heavy metal lead singer is he doesn't really look like a heavy metal lead singer. He looks more like, like Jeff Healy. Do you know who Jeff Healy looks like? He wears glasses and stuff. And Wasn't he the blind uh, musician? Yeah, that's that's probably why I remember him with glasses. But he, you know, he doesn't fit the heavy metal lead singer stereotype. If you look at the poster for Rocktober Blood, it looks like Gene Simmons's face paint became sentient, and and it's this really demonic-looking heavy metal guy, like carrying a girl in her lingerie over over his shoulder and. Well, that never happens in the movie, by the way, but right off the bat, it just doesn't feel right because you've got this this opening sequence where this heavy metal lead singer kills a couple people and is, is, and is attacking this other girl. And rather than explain how he was caught, how he was executed, it goes from a chase scene to two years later. And what happens two years later is this woman that was attacked, who is also like the backup singer, has now become the lead singer of a band that does all the same songs that this heavy metal lead singer killer did. So she took over his catalog and leads the same band, and they're going to do a big show called Rocktober Blood. That's where the title comes from. So this heavy metal lead singer, his name is Billy I. He's played by Trey Lauren. The new lead singer is played by Donna Scoggins, and her character's name is Lynn Starling. So Lynn Starling starts to to have some hints that Billy I is back from the dead. And by hints, I mean he attacks her backstage and says, I'm back from the dead. But nobody believes her. She starts to not believe herself, but she's pretty sure because she just saw him. But everyone's like, nah, he's dead. What are you talking about? Yeah, but he just attacked me. Nah, it it was Chris. Let's go punch Chris. So they punch Chris for playing a joke on her. But she's like, no, that wasn't him. It was actually Billy I. So her manager says, well, go off to this isolated cabin on a on an island with a couple of your backup dancers and, you know, relax before the big show. Because that'll solve everything. But what that really does is moves the movie to an isolated cabin on an island so that Billy I can come and stalk these girls in the, in the isolated cabin. There's absolutely no mystery whatsoever at this point in the movie. It's like, well, you see the killer, you see his big black boots tromping around all over the place. What is there to figure out? I guess you're trying to figure out whether Lynn Starling is crazy, whether she's seeing things. Let me just say that at the end of the movie, the resolution to those questions is very underwhelming. And I mean no disrespect to Ferd and Beverly Sebastian, who were the writer-producers for this movie. It was actually directed by Beverly Sebastian. They had some genre cred from the early 70s. They were writer-producers on Gator Bait and The Hitchhikers. But this one just underwhelmed me. The caption people also had trouble with this movie because I'd never watched a movie where there were so many errors in the closed captions. And it's because they mumble a lot, but they clearly do not say what the captions (laughs) say. So I'm not sure what, what was going on, but it was incredible. Again, I come back to the editing though. Like there's a woman that gets drowned. Ah. And then the next scene is him cutting off her arm and she's yelling at him. She just died before. Like, What's going on? So 
I'm not exaggerating. It's it's weird. <laughs> the pros of this movie are the songs, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So it features a band called Sorcery. So they, they actually performed most of the songs and appeared as band members in the movie, though they didn't really have much to do because they weren't isolated in the cabin or anything like that. But there's a few there's a few songs that were actually pretty catchy, and they play them in their entirety several times. You know, the, the runtime being around 90 minutes, you're probably treated to a full mini-concert in there, too. Cool. Yeah, the, the pros are the, are the songs. I would listen to the songs again. I think there's a soundtrack out there. I did a quick search on Apple Music. It did not come up, so I'm going to have to look a little harder. I'll have to weigh whether I really want to listen to it again or not. Maybe I'll throw a couple clips in on this episode. Play the movie and hold up a microphone and hit record on your cassette tape so you can listen to it over and over again. Yes. That's what I used to do when I was a young pup. I've mastered technology. Is there anything else I want to say about this? Special effects were not very good. (laughs) That's too bad. And there were lots of scenes of just nothing happening or boots walking. Giallo, you have the black gloves. Well, this guy had black boots. And they walked. Well, the question is the question is, yes, they were made for walking. Oh, for God's sakes, I wasn't gonna ask that. I was what I was gonna ask was, would you would you tell me and Jeff to watch this? Would we enjoy it? Let me put it this way, guys. Yeah, I'm one of those. I'm I'm going to rate this movie a 2 out of 10. Ooh, that's wow. lowest ever. Wow. And I think that's my lowest ever because my previous low was a 3 out of 10. That was for the where we did the Lin Shay mini reviews and it was oh, the movie yeah. The Call. Oh, that's too bad. Well, Rocktober Blood makes The Call look really good i can't rate it the equivalent or higher than the call it's got to be a two like you could watch it again you might watch it for the songs that's all i can suggest but if you watch it you'll know what i mean it's like i was sitting there watching it thinking man i just spent hours painting and this is how i'm unwinding afterwards (laughs) that's disappointing i i i because I, I, I ran across this one on my search for rock and roll horror movies, and I said, "Hey, that that looks pretty good." But unfortunately, pretty good it is not. <laughs> pretty good it is not. <laughs> As per Jason the Terrible, I'm a little disappointed. Now, I think I still will watch it. Now I'm not sure if you mentioned this or not, but were there any actors and/or actresses that went on to do other things? No. Ah. <laughs> at least at least nothing notable okay. ah. i was just looking at the imdb and all of them don't have a picture this is what i'm saying <laughs> if you a little if, uh yeah if you look at wikipedia none of them have links so it is cool that it's it's on shutter though this one eh? is that how you watched it i watched it on shutter in glorious four by three so it was obviously direct to video 1984 release yep gotcha interesting 
Well, there you go. So you have a chance to watch it. If you don't, if you don't trust Jason the Terrible, and you think this might just be the biggest laugh of a movie you've ever seen, uh, log on to Shutter.com right now and tell us what you think. <laughs> oh God. All right, Slice and Dice and Dave, it's your turn to pull something musical out of the scream sack. Slice and Dice and Dave, scream and scream sack of Woohoo! I haven't dug into the scream sack for quite some time, so I figured I better make it a good one. And there is a large amount of you out there that listen, or that watch horror movies, that believe this to be a really good one. There is a lot of love for this particular movie. I was not aware of that as I was watching it. <laughs> I was quite surprised, actually, when I read all the love after. This is from 2015. Green Room. Directed by Jeremy Solnier. Now, do you know what was really ridiculous of me? I'm sitting there. I've known of this movie for quite some time. And I said, I just, because of the picture, and it's like a picture of this guy with this machete and it's like this green kind of room i didn't put two and two together that it was like a green room you know like <laughs> like i work in the film and tv business and i like walk around green rooms all well i don't walk into like there's a green i know what a green room is but i didn't put two and two together and realize that it was called green room because it's a green room not a green room so you're Basically, saying it was a green room yeah, a goddamn green room. Now, this is from uh, Letterboxd. Here's the synopsis. One way in, no way out. A punk rock band becomes trapped in a secluded venue after finding a scene of violence for what they saw. The band themselves become targets of violence from a gang of white power skinheads who want to eliminate all evidence of the crime. So basically, uh, well, let's let's talk about first off. Let's talk about uh, who's in this movie. No, I'll get into that. First off, this is how the movie starts. There's this punk band, not a great punk band, but a punk band nonetheless. You know the, how they tour in their vans and stuff, and they don't have much. They make like three hundred fifty bucks to perform. You know, between the four of them and all wait, this. Wait a minute, so, is this Uncle Peckerhead? Yeah, I know it's kind of similar, kind of similar as a matter of fact, but not in the end. There wasn't an Uncle Peckerhead, unfortunately. If there was, I think I would have enjoyed it a bit more. Not saying I didn't enjoy this. Let, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay, so it takes a little while. It's very so, like it's a very kind of somber, dark like feeling movie. There's nothing really good feeling about it, and it takes a little while to get into it. So they they play a they play a show in a little cafe because the guy says, "Yeah, sorry, the other one fell through, so you got to play in this cafe." So there's like five people watching them play. He's like, ah, oh, hey, well, Frig, I booked you, I booked you something down there, close to Portland, out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, in my cousin's place. But you know, uh, it's kind of kind of a rough crowd there, so maybe you should play your earlier, harder stuff. They're like, oh, okay, whatever, let's go and play this effing show. So on their way, you know, like, they're so poor and stuff, they can't even fill their tanks with gas, so they go around siphoning gas, and you know, what I'm saying, a bunch of punks, you know, and then they get to this place. Yeah, pretty dodgy area, you know. I wouldn't feel very comfortable walking in there. And uh, so they walk in there, and they're like, "Ah, you, you, what's his name's the band that this guy booked?" Yeah, yeah, we're the band. They say, and then they get up on the old stage, and they 
And the first song they play is, uh, you know, Nazi punks, fuck off. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty sick song. But, but, but it's funny because it seems like there's a bunch of Nazi punks in the crowd, you see? So I didn't think that would go over too well. There was a couple of uh, beer glasses thrown, you know, a couple of scowls. But for the most part, I mean, they, they played their set and uh, it, went, it went all right, you know. And then they're like, all right, I get the shit out of here, you, you goddamn punks. You've done your show. Get out of here. And then, and then they're all like, oh, holy shit, I forgot my, my, my cell phone in the green room. And they're like, oh, no, no, fucking get out of here. Man. They run, oh, uh -oh they, they see something they shouldn't have seen. <laughs> well, that was too bad because they were very close to getting out of there without uh, the rest of the movie happening. Unfortunately, they saw something they shouldn't have saw. And so they throw them in the green room and say, hey, don't you goddamn move, you freaks. They're stuck in there with a couple other people. And uh, one person, I, I didn't know what to think of this one gal, played by, get this, Imogen Poots. Remember really? her? Really? You're goddamn right. You got, and, and I tell you what, she's just something else. I like her as an actress. Um, so she was great. But like her particular character, I didn't know qu what quite to think. And then... Um, you know what I'm saying? They're like, hey, let us out, you know, like of the cops showing up. Uh, oh, there's an issue. And, uh, you know, and now I'm the owner of this bar here. And you got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of stay here until we figure things out. Well, guess who plays the owner of the bar, fellas? John Larroquette. Close. Patrick Stewart of what the hell has he been in? Like Star Wars or something? <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek. Right, he's like the next generation type guy. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So yeah, no, he's in there, and I was like, hey, actually, he does a pretty good job. To be fair with you, and fun, thinking of speaking of Star Trek, guess who plays one of the goddamn punk rockers? Captain Kirk. Anton Yelchin. Uh, From, and this yeah, this ended Anton up being, Yelchin. I know that was an awful awful uh, thing. This ended up being his last theatrical release. So the last movie he made that went into theater. I just listed Imogen Poots, Patrick Stewart, and Anton Yelchin. So what can I say that, uh, aside for the acting, is great. So that's, there's no, no issues with the acting. I think it takes a little bit to get into the movie. And then once, it ha and once uh, things start happening, it's a little weird because they're not quite laying everything down. So you're thinking like, well, what the hell is going on here exactly? But are they laying everything down? I didn't know if they were, if I had to think harder than I was thinking. Does that make sense? Are they trying to, is this trying to make me think? Or is this just what it is? So that kind of annoyed me. <laughs> like you know you're not sure that there's a deeper meaning or a deeper yeah, thread underneath yeah. everything? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story, everything's fine. The writing's fine. The acting's good. Like, everything's fine about it. But there was just something that nothing for me took it to, like, the next level. Now, as I say that, there's some awesome goddamn realistic gore in this movie. Oh. 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 <laughs> I'm talking, like, arms slashed with machetes, dogs biting throats and stuff, you know? There's a lot. Of, there's quite a bit of gory death in this movie. Um, so that's pretty cool. The story's okay, and I, like, I don't really want to get into it too much, but 
there's obviously reasons why they don't want them to leave. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. There's a lot of brutal violence, a little bit of suspense. Is there scary bits? Not really scary. It was good. I was interested. Was I disappointed with the ending? Not necessarily. It was all right. I liked it, but it's bizarre because then I went and looked at everybody else's reviews because I like to do that sometimes, and everybody else loved it. Like I'd say it's primarily a four out of five, which is quite high, and there's a lot of fives and four and a half out of five, but I gave it a three out of five, which would be a six out of ten. So now I feel like an ass face. <laughs> but like it was fine. But I, w- I wouldn't buy Green Room if I saw it there. I don't even know if I'd watch it again, to be fair. Like it was all right. I was just going to ask, did Patrick Stewart have a large role? Quite a big role, yeah. Yeah. Because he has a lot of fans. So I'm wondering if maybe they like the movie because of him. Maybe. I don't know. Just brainstorm. Well, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. And I tell you what, Imogen Poots, man. I didn't even realize it was her. And then, oh, my wife watched this with me. She picked, uh, she wanted to watch both the movies with me, but we ran out, ran out of time and she went to bed. And she goes, hey, you know, that's M- Imogen Poots. And I said, what? <laughs> so I didn't even recognize her. But then once I realized it was her, I was like, oh my God, yeah, she's fantastic. Um, so acting's great. Gore is great. Uh, intensity is pretty great. Resolution and everything's worthwhile. Uh, if you like punk rock, it's kind of cool. Uh, a pretty good movie overall. Like I say, 6 out of 10. Green Room from 2015. Thank you very much, Slice and Dice and Dave. All right, well, that does it for our hard rock and horror mini-reviews. And now watch out for our feature presentation. Grave Robber Jeff, you picked this one. Take it away. Yeah, so before I went off on our hiatus for a bit there... The week before, in fact, two separate people told me about this movie in the same week. And that, that rarely happens. Also, what rarely happens is me watching trailers. I did actually watch the trailer of this one. And it piqued my interest enough to make it a feature review choice. It's 2022's X. It's 2022 right now. So we watched a pretty uh, current movie. Yeah, almost as current as you can get. I'll be damned. So let's get to the story, I guess. It centers around a group of young filmmakers who decide to make a movie out in the country. That sounds sweet. But it's not just any old movie. It's an adult movie. I forgot to mention that it's around 1979. And the reason why they are so enthusiastic is because they want to make use of the new format that just came out, the VHS tape. Yeah, like like home videos type thing, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes, yes. And so it seems like a really good idea, because think of the millions they'd make. Turns into a bad idea <laughs> once they run afoul of the couple that rented their guest house to them to make this movie. Yeah, it was just kind of an unfortunate turn of events for them. I think I, their heart was in the right place, but it just didn't quite work out, did it? Well, there's a number of reasons why they screwed up and contributed to what eventually happened. Is I there? think you're being a little kind to them, to be honest. What are you talking I don't think so. 
Well, let's I talk about. Just let's an, talk. I think it was just an unfortunate place to rent. They rented anywhere else. I think every, they would have been hunky dory, wouldn't they? Have been? <laughs> I suppose, but they also did not tell the people that they were going to be making a porn movie in the house that they rented from them. Well, I don't think it matters, does it? I think it does. <laughs> okay. okay. I think I think maybe. I think they pretty much you know they obviously didn't tell them because they wouldn't have rented it to them. So, I mean, it's a valid point. The, there's a whole bunch of foreshadowing as they're driving to this place that they're in a country now that takes religious morality to another level. Like, did did anybody have flashbacks to We Summon the Darkness with all of the the sermons being on the TVs and the in the convenience stores and stuff on the way. I didn't until you tell me this right now, but yes, it felt familiar, and that would have been the reason, yes. It seems to be a whole bunch of references or influences on this movie that we'll get to in a little bit, but that one for me was definitely one, except Johnny Knoxville doesn't show up in this one. So. Well, yeah. Well, there's there's two like big movies that this kind of, if you mush two movies together, you basically come up with this one. Can Ooh. anybody guess? The one that I've heard referenced a lot once I started looking into it and was the one that I had the feel of when I was watching it. Clearly not for the reasons why everybody else was talking about it, because I don't see that many similarities other than the tone, the aesthetic of the whole thing. Like, there's no plot uh -huh. similarities whatsoever. But that would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, yes, that was one of them. What would be the other one, Jeff? I don't know. Zack and Miriam this is what, porno? It's close. <laughs> what, what do you think of what do you think of Boogie Nights? Remember that movie? I haven't seen it. Like, what? You haven't seen Boogie Nights with Mark Wahlberg's ginormous woohoo? <laughs> That's the whole anyway. Well, yeah. I I if, I figure so if you that, mentioned those two movies together. You could have picked any movie that talks about porn and squished it together. No, they don't Texas talk about... No, Boogie Nights is about making it, filming. How many movies are about making it? Zack and Mary. Okay, <laughs> name two more. Because obviously this isn't close to Zack and Mary. See? I'm right. F you all. You made a good point, Slice. How nice in day. the hell have you not seen Boogie Nights? Mind you, to be fair, I hadn't seen Heat until two weeks ago. So <laughs> what is wrong with us? All right. Yes, Mark, Mark Wahlberg's ginormous dong. I'll just say one last thing about that, because now that you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I guess that it is kind of the feel of that. How the, Plus, what, oh my God, how did you guys not think that the whole time? It's like they're just driving. And you know what? I got to bring this up. How many goddamn horror movies start off with a van full of goddamn teens or whatever the shit they are? I guess some of them are older than teens. But anyway, whatever. Stopping at a goddamn gas station and like fill, like filling up in gas and buying friggin' goodies from the goddamn convenience. How many movies? Them. It's that's, there's nothing but movies. Exactly. It's like every single movie I watch, that's what happens. But anywho, I digress. There's a lot of convenience stores and gas filling up in horror movies. All right. So the couple that they rent the guest house from is actually quite an elderly couple. Right when they arrive at the house, there's an unfortunate circumstance where the old man answers the door when the director knocks to get the keys or whatever and just points a shotgun right at his face and explaining that, hey, I can shoot you because you're trespassing. And that's got to be a tough situation to be in for the guy who's renting the house. 
You know, you because, don't say, Jeff. Yeah, obviously from the start, the old guy is not that with it. And at the same time that they arrived, up in the window, the old wife of the old guy is watching on, looking all creepy and sinister from the window. So this this pair, of course, features prominently in the movie. I guess we can, we can talk about the cast a bit, because I don't know about you guys, but I actually found them as a group to be quite likable. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, there's um, there's some big-time actors in this movie. Eh? Jenna Ortega from Scream, the new uh, Scream, I guess Scream 5 or whatever the hell it is. There's Kid Cudi, big-time music superstar, Kid Cudi. Uh, Mia Goth, she's been in a bunch of stuff including the remake of Suspiria. So just to fill out that list a little bit, Jenna Ortega was also in Babysitter Killer Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Studio 666, and a series that my daughter watches, which is Jane the Virgin. Oh, you don't say. Kid Cudi was in Don't Look Up. He was in the Maniac oh, remake. That was, a good, that was a good movie, Don't Look Up. Yeah, he was in Bill and Ted Face the Music as himself. And Mia Goth... Her first movie was Nymphomaniac, part two, and Survivalist and A Cure for Wellness. Oh, oh, yeah, A Cure for Wellness. Yeah, that was good. Oh, and Everest. She's been in a lot of movies. Mia Goth. Oh, and then also, who plays the director? Do you guys know Martin Henderson? No, explain. Well, I know him because of this movie, but what's he been in, Jeff? Jeff? He was in The Ring. Jesus Christ, what was he in The Ring? I can't remember. He was the main guy in The Ring, I believe. He was a lot what? younger in the ring. Jesus Christ, look what years do to people. I didn't even recognize him. And I love the ring. Also yeah. in The Strangers Pray at Night. Oh, I haven't seen that one. So it seems like there's quite a lot of good acting prowess in this in this one. And it's not just your run-of-the-mill, what do you call them, like B actors or whatever? Well, you know what's funny is that I didn't recognize any of them off the top. It's only looking into them later. And one of the biggest things about this movie, one of the biggest key things that people love about this movie, I had no idea until I looked it up later. Grave Robber, did you realize this? Well, you didn't say what well, it was, you got... right? <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you a way to announce it by saying, yes, oh. I did realize. So now we can talk about the, the surprise that I didn't notice until afterwards when i looked at the cast list is that mia goth not only plays one of the filmmakers but she also plays the old lady well i tell you what here fellas <laughs> now i didn't realize that either but the whole time i'm going is that someone dressed up as a goddamn old person why the hell didn't they just cast a goddamn old person and i'm not gonna lie it pissed me off the entire movie. That's the one thing that I just couldn't shake. There's no point. Because, sure, okay, they've made this new movie coming out called Pearl. And Mia Goth's playing Pearl, isn't she, and all this and that. But, I mean, like, you know, just cast a goddamn old person. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was, because, because it was, like, uh, it was obvious that it was someone wearing makeup. So it just took me right up. It would have been so more scary and terrifying if it was an old person. It just, it totally made it less terrifying for me. It, it upset me. Look, I'm shaking. I'm so upset right now. 
I'm not. But anywho. I can understand where you're coming from because I had the same thoughts about this that looks like old person makeup. Yeah. But at the same time, I think you're in the minority because people are raving about, you know, Mia Goth's performance as both of these two. I would have to go back and watch it again to fully appreciate it, but she did a great job. That's what people are raving I, about. I'm not, I'm not saying she didn't do a good job of acting, but it was obvious it was somebody made up to be an old person. At and least, it took me completely out of the movie. At least they didn't do like CGI aging effects or something. Because I originally saw the preview and I said, oh my God, this looks fantastic. Ah, old people. Because look at friggin' the dark and the wicked. Old people are goddamn terrifying. <laughs> or the taking, or of the, be. The, the taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah, man. Those are scary old people. So like this, this could have been a step higher in the scary factor. To me. What was that M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong one? The uh, Village. About old people. No. The, the Visit. Yeah, The Visit. That was the one. Yeah, see, old people. Old people are terrifying. <laughs> Anyways, maybe maybe I'm an idiot, but I didn't know that it was makeup. Like, I couldn't what? tell it was makeup. So I don't know if it's just I don't watch as many movies as you do, but... Oh, God. See, now this is the issue. Now I feel bad because it's not my intent. It's not like it was bad makeup. It was good makeup, but I still knew it was makeup. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to be upset about, but I'm upset about it. Honest to God, was there any point in doing that? What was the point? The point is so that Mia Goth can play Pearl younger. Yeah, but get this. You just took away an acting job from a wonderful old person. Ty West has hinted that there is a reason why Maxine looks like Pearl. Oh, well, I wonder why. Because she plays her in the goddamn movie Pearl. <laughs> but, no, like, fine. The, the character. There's a reason oh. why. So, oh, do we, so do I have to watch Pearl and then I can friggin' I think put a foot to, in my mouth I, or something? <laughs> Okay, so we have to we have to be careful here because this oh. this movie has already spawned a prequel and a sequel. We can't say the name of the sequel without giving away the ending of X. I know, but technically it's not like it might have been announced. They're they're not running tr like it's not filmed yet, is it? It's in. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so it's in development. So we shouldn't even. Pearl. We, just, we can say Pearl just came out two days ago. Yeah, do you know what's crazy about Pearl? I tried to go and see that today. I was like, now today it's a Sunday. And if you throw in a football game, and then you throw in going to a pool, and then you throw in having dinner and doing a podcast, it makes the day really short. And I couldn't quite fit in going to the movie theater to see Pearl. But boy, do I ever want to go to the movie theater to see Pearl and support it. I'll just add one last thing that, because I didn't know was until the end that it was the same the same person even though in about the middle of the movie they do a super superimposed of the two of them together which i think was meant to tell you that it was the same person but i completely missed it you mean they made it superimposed and obvious so that you would know yes it, was, it was it was obvious it was her and i completely missed it um when she's spying on her in the barn right when she's riding oh yeah, yeah 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 and then oh, God, yeah. 
it has the older lady appear right on top of her, like in the exact same expression. Yeah, oh, I totally missed that too. And I saw it, I was like, oh, why did they do that? <laughs> like, and then at the end, they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But right oh, yeah, no, head, no, like, yeah, yeah. Forget which one of you mentioned that you like the, the characters. And I have to echo that a little bit because they spent a good first half of the movie with character development which is nice mm -hmm. in a movie like this. Now, a lot of the character development involved the scenes of making the porn movie. So maybe that for some people would make the first half of the movie go by a little more interestingly, but they all wanted to be there and do a good movie. And nobody more than RJ Nichols, the cinematographer who was looking at this as his opportunity to make a good adult movie. Jenna Ortega's character, Lorraine, is RJ's girlfriend, who, on the other hand, is asking her boyfriend, you know, why are we doing this? Why do you make movies like this? And she has an interesting character arc for the oh first half of the movie as well. I, I, nearly, I nearly lost my mind with her, like, uh, revolution, shall we say. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Like... <laughs> If I was if I was the cinematography boyfriend, <laughs> oh god! And the, and another key piece of this first part is the song that they sing, and which sounds really um, weird to say it just like that. But Brittany Snow, who plays Bobby yeah. Lynn, so let's run down run this down a little bit. Bobby Lynn and Maxine are the two female stars of this new porn that they're that they're filming. Adult-oriented film. Kid <laughs> Cuddy plays Jackson Hole. He's the lucky one male star in this movie. And there's a, there's a scene where they're all kind of hanging out afterwards talking about their views on life and their views on sex and everything. And Jackson whips out a guitar. I bet you thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> he, he whips out a guitar and Bobby Lynn starts singing, and they play this kick-ass version of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Ah, uh, yes. We didn't really touch on Brittany Snow yet, but she was in the Pitch Perfect movies, so she can sing. But one of the things I hate watching is when they whip out a guitar, and they play a song, but as a guitarist, and maybe even not as a guitarist, I, I can tell they're not playing it. They're moving their fingers in a half-assed convincing way, and then someone has laid the soundtrack over top. Well, this one, he was playing the guitar, and she was singing, and it was awesome. You guys, <laughs> I agree. Good. I like that scene a lot. Yeah. And that's kind of like the high point, because after that, everything starts to gradually and then faster and faster spiral downwards into depravity and violence and stuff but yeah though there's a couple of there's a couple of interesting scenes early on as well like the swimming in the pond with the alligator was quite i was insane. gonna bring that up bring it up grave robber <laughs> oh man that scene with the alligator yes it's the great scene <laughs> I don't know if I want to spoil. Like, see, the problem is, like, how do you? Is this spoiling it or what? No. no. What? What are you talking about? I don't like know. Like the one where it's like shooting from way up high up down above. on the lake, 
and you can see the girls swimming and you can see the gators swimming yes uh-huh and uh it's only a spoiler if you say what happens after that yes you can say so many you can say anything about the movie as long as you don't give away <laughs> plot points that's true so that's one of your favorite scenes eh? hey you know what like do you remember in the 90s when mtv used to have mtv movie awards you know god with those the were moon good. man yeah with the moon man and all that business so if i were to give away a 2022 mtv movie award for best scream it would have to go to finish my line jenna ortega jenna ortega in the cellar of the main house jesus christ wasn't that the best scream you've ever seen from a an actress <laughs> just terrified ah oh, that was good a lot of the action in this movie once things start going a little downward into, <laughs> downward into violence and depravity most of the actions of the characters were were quite believable and you know me that i look for that there was a couple of points where Jenna Ortega's Lorraine character was a bit much to take, but oh, yeah. you know that that's kind of nitpicking. I'm I'm not. I think she did a great job. I think they all did a great job. We haven't even mentioned who played the old guy. There was an old guy. <laughs> yeah, the old guy that couldn't remember that he rented them a house, so he almost shot them instead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Howard, oh no, his name was Howard, wasn't his it? His name yeah. was Howard, played by Stephen Yuri, or Yur, or spelled U-R-E. Oh, what's he from? What's he from? Well, believe it or not, he was in Death Gasm. I <laughs> <laughs> can't do that anymore. Death Gasm. And I think he also played a bunch of trolls or something in the Lord of the Rings and <laughs> Hobbit trilogies, because... He's in almost every one of them, and he has a different name in each one, and they're all like... like oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Gorbag. <laughs> Gorbag. <laughs> Gorbag awesome. the, the fairy. No. <laughs> Tell you what, I, if I was an actor and I was Gorbag and Lord of the Rings Return of the King, I would be a happy guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was also in a movie called Mortal Engines, which I think... Was that the one about the big cities on wheels? I thought that was something different, but maybe that is, is what it was. So... Once the old couple finds out that these well-intentioned entrepreneurial pornographers are making the movie on their property in their guest house, it doesn't really unfold the way I thought it was going to unfold, but shit starts to go down. And the trailer and the synopsis makes it quite clear that, that the old couple are not happy. There's a lot of people talking about that the theme of this movie is the loss of your youth, you know how slasher movies are like a metaphor for, how do I put this, for sex? You know, you've got all these killers that have mommy issues or have issues with women. They have phallic knives and chainsaws instead of being able to perform normally. Like, this is this, if you start looking at slasher movies with that kind of imagery, basically anything that's long and sharp is, is like a penis. What? Jesus, man. <laughs> a lot a lot of people have commented about the, the theme of the loss of youth and self-worth and, and all of that, but it's not just on the surface in this movie. To me, this whole movie is about sex because you've got all these young, very capable young people having a bunch of sex, and you've got these, this old couple who's not able to have sex. 
and that's driving everything that happens afterwards. And there's there's imagery everywhere about how the violence is equated and replacing sex. So hmm. that's a common theme in almost every slasher movie where where the killer is not able to have sex. So he penetrates her with a knife oh instead. Oh my god. Like this is get this is getting intense. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so this movie is a lot more on the surface with this. Like it's not just metaphor. It's like this is a direct replacement. And I've read enough about what all these slashers are supposedly doing on a Freudian level yeah, to see yeah. that this one being a lot less coy about it. It's putting it right in your face. And so it was funny to read all these other people talking about themes and it's like, oh, you know, loss of self-worth, loss of loss of youth. You know, no one's mentioning loss of sex. And that's what I was reading into this movie. Interesting. Yeah, I don't want to get old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's part of me wonders whether it's that easy to make that metaphor with with all slasher movies like any type of phallic looking object is in fact meant to be a phallic looking object but if you if you accept that then you start to see it everywhere <laughs> let's put it that way what about a pitchfork is that well, four objects <laughs> it, it it was used for penetrating so it doesn't matter what's doing the penetrating it's the act of penetration <laughs> Sounds like my last Friday night. Uh, never mind. Hey, um, <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? X. Can I talk about one last scene before we talk about Oh, God. Drink? Yes, of course. Because we were just talking about the stabby, stabby scene. Do you guys remember an old video game that had a trailer that, that featured a certain song by Blue Oyster Cult? Yeah, Ripper. Yeah. And the Star, song starring was? Christopher Walken. Um, Don't Fear the Ripper. Or, or the Reaper, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> so I was talking about the movie Ripper. You can see how I got confused. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, I see, yeah. But do you remember watching that trailer and really wanting to play that game? Uh, yes. I bought the game and I, I played it. And I hadn't really thought about that until the scene from this movie, where there's actually a, a murder <gasps> to the tune of Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah, that was pretty, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? I thought that was kind of a cool, uh, cool scene. You know what we haven't talked about, gentlemen? Director, Ty West. Hey, he's been in Vancouver filming stuff. He did a couple episodes of Wayward Pines. I really liked season one of Wayward Pines, but I didn't quite get into season two of Wayward Pines. I, my, the first time I watched one of his movies was The Innkeepers. Starring, oh, was that good? Yeah, I liked it. It's starring Sarah Paxton, Bill Paxton's daughter. Like a brooding horror haunted hotel type thing. And I liked the actors in it. It seemed like a good story, a little scary. And then I know that he was he actually starred, he, he was in the movie You're Next as one, of the, was he? as one of the family members at the beginning. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, no, and uh, well, he directed Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. I remember liking that, to be fair. I haven't seen it since the one time I, saw, I have the Blu-ray or DVD probably. But I watched the, the trailer for The House of the Devil and that looks pretty good. Have you seen The House of the Devil? I have seen House of the Devil. That's probably... Oh, you have? Sorry. I think I misspoke. I think I saw House of the Devil well before I saw Innkeepers. I saw the trailer like I just said. And 
it makes me want to watch said movie. Would have been a good choice for our occult episode, actually. Oh, cool. Well, I'd like to see it. Grave Rubber Jeff, have oh, you I'm... seen any Ty West movies before this one? Uh, I was looking at the list. Uh, VHS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, did a, I... he did a segment there, too. Second Honeymoon. Oh, that was just a segment, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of short stories <laughs> on that one. All right. I think we've got to bring it into our individual rating segments, gentlemen. Oh, fantastic. Slice and Dice and Dave, you seem very enthusiastic, so let's let's have you kick us off with our scary rating. Hey, thanks, man. This movie could have been way scarier. This this movie could have been a scary movie. Unfortunately, that's the only thing I have an issue with, is I think it really could have been a scary movie, and it wasn't quite scary for me. But it's still kind of high. I'd say like maybe a four and a half out of ten, but I'm t- I'm talking it could have been like an eight and a half nine out of ten, for reasons like uh, having an older person playing the character and stuff. I'll come at a bit higher, maybe a six out of ten. Yeah, I was thinking. Around I think there's this. enough in there. I uh, jumped a couple times, which I'm not too proud to admit. Like, oh man, like there's a scene. It's in the trailer, so I can talk about it. Where the old lady gets in the bed with one of the young or the younger gals, man, that could have been just scary, you know. And that's I wasn't scared just because I knew it was like a, a prosthetic old lady. <laughs> but anyway, I think I beat that with a dead horse. Well, I, I, beat I, I think that, that like a dead horse. Jason, were you scared? I think that scene was meant to be more creepy and disturbing than scary, well, especially so when you think about the fact that it's the same actress. I'm I'm at about a six out of ten as well. It was tense. Nothing that kept me up at night or anything like that. So, grave robber Jeff, disturbometer. Well, I guess if if you find the porn business disturbing, you might be disturbed. The focusing on old age and old age issues is is not pleasant, as well as that scene that you were talking about in the bed there. But for me personally, I wasn't too disturbed by those sorts of things. One of the deaths was kind of nasty. But that's more of the gore rating, I guess, but it was also kind of disturbing. So I'm going to come up with a moderately disturbing. I think it was more disturbing than scary, for sure. I think I mentioned this when we talked about Dark and the Wicked and when we talked about the taking of Deborah Logan. I, I think it's disturbing that an old person's body is used to elicit disturbing feelings from an audience like i think that's too bad that i mean in this case it goes beyond that but you know in this case it's not actually a real old person's body because it's a younger actor playing her but that's what those scenes are meant to do it's meant to make this the audience unnerved by by viewing an older person yeah hey i was gonna say do you think uh, as an audience we're unnerved because deep down inside we're terrified of becoming old. Oh, probably. And and by seeing it, we're like, oh, God, ah, I don't want to look like that. Ah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you're probably Subconsciously. right. Subconsciously. You're probably yeah, right. Go. But what it, what it means is that old people's bodies are exploited to make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It, it is. Happened. And I think, 
I was just going to agree there. And also that maybe maybe it's ourselves getting older, but also think of thinking of older people like our parents or grandparents as kids, mm-hmm. right? So then we kind of might picture them in that sort of role, which is kind of disturbing. And scary and awful. Ah, life is, life is a vicious beast. But as for other disturbing scenes, I'm not a big fan of nails and feet. And Ooh. I don't mean oh, toenails. <laughs> So there was one of those grimacy scenes in this one. <laughs> that was pretty well done, that, that scene. I was disturbed at several turns in this movie. You've t- Like you're going, oh, we'll leave this one death to the gore. Well, I'm sorry, but no. That death comes into the goddamn disturbing category for me. One of the poor c- characters gets stabbed in the neck. I counted it. 82 times. No, I'm just kidding. But it was a lot of goddamn times. It was like friggin', I don't know, 20 times. Well, the, the particular murderer is riding said guy all grossly and disturbingly. That was disturbing, man. And very well done at the same time. What a great scene. Oh, what a disturbingly great scene. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And another thing that disturbed me in this movie was the revelation of the uh, what's-her-name character. Yeah, I was going to bring that boyfriend. up. I've, God, I, oh, God, that I just, I don't really want to dive into what ends up happening, but it, I didn't care for that <laughs> at all. <laughs> and it made me mad. So there, yeah, that one struck a, struck a nerve, her uh, revelation. So, yeah, it was pretty disturbing. I'd say it was highly disturbing. Can you believe that? This movie's goddamn highly disturbing. Maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. <laughs> uh, That's a metaphor for this movie. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, let's talk about some goddamn hoots and such. Jason the Terrible? Well, this is your place to come if you want some hoots and such. Yeah, you're damn right, Jason. So if, if I was, like, uh, dating a gal, I don't know. If, would, you, would you want to bring her to this particular movie? There's lots of hoots. Um, is there some such going on in there? There's some bums, some boobs, some male bums, some, um... Male silhouettes. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's some male silhouettes. There was a, a dead weenie flopping around, wasn't there? Yeah. I guess it wasn't flopping around. So hoots and dead such and wangs there. and things. Yeah. There's quite a bit. So I'd say maybe not rating how they appear, not rating how nice the hoots and wangs are. But the amount of hoots and wangs, I'd say like a seven and a half out of ten. It's pretty high. There's quite a bit. I mean, they're filming a goddamn pornography there. That's what they're doing, all right. Any comments, Jeff? There's lots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, is it tastefully done or is it just like, just raw and in your face, kind of? There's all sorts. There's some tastefully done stuff and then there's raw and in your face. Coming at you at each different angle. All right. At your guys' request, we have added in a new category as of a couple of episodes ago, the hilarity oh rating. God. Oh, this is awesome. Oh. oh, geez. I wasn't prepared for this one. So, uh, Jeff, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, well, I should have prepared better. I'm trying to think if I ever <laughs> laughed. <laughs> I don't. Uh, there was one scene that I laughed at. What? When the, when what the, was it? I don't know why I did, but when the director's walking around in his tidy whities um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I had a chuckle at that scene for some reason. I don't know why. Because it was meant to look ridiculous. How about that? 
I guess so. I, I just can't remember the circumstances around that. But I remember I laughed. But there weren't I, a lot of laughter moments. You know what's funny, though? Ironically, because we're trying to talk about what's funny. One of the reviews I read said that there was almost no redeeming quality to this movie because the director just wanted to kill people off in funny ways. Something to that effect. And I'm like, I wouldn't consider any of the deaths to be funny. There was one that had an unexpected shock value to it that kind of made you react. And some people might, you know, react with a laugh to that one. But for the most part, these deaths were not funny. You know what, what? I mean? Like, <laughs> like the, the guy that was saying that, that they were killed off in comedic ways... I don't know what movie he was watching. All right, we're on to our gore meter. I'm going to start with the gore meter. It's gory. There's a couple a couple of scenes that are more gory than others. Some some scenes don't have any gore, but there are two that I'm thinking of. Uh, th- two and a half, three that are pretty graphic. So this is going to get an eight out of ten for me on gore. Yeah, someone gets smoked in the face with a shotgun. That was pretty. <laughs> Oh, four scenes then. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was, you know what? That particular scene was a startled laugh, I guess. <laughs> well, what do you think? That's the one kinda I like, was talking about. Oh, because you're kind of like, ah! Because <laughs> uh. <laughs> the, the person was screaming and running yeah. away, and you're yeah. like, shh. And then <laughs> boom. That was pretty good. That's what I was going to say. She was making so much noise, and then all of a sudden, she wasn't. <laughs> I was like, oh. All that right. was pretty uh, pretty violent. So that was gory. There's quite a bit of gore. Some stabbings, uh, nails and feet, necks getting stabbed as gurgillion times. There's a swimming alligator that may or may not uh, bite somebody. And there's a head under a tire. Oh, yeah, there's lots of good stuff, isn't there? Isn't that terrible? I'm like, oh, there's lots of good stuff. That's terrible. I'm a horrible person. No, um, it, regarding a horror movie, uh, there's pretty uh, a lot of gore. A lot of gore. I'd say highly gory. 8 out of 10. All right, guys. We're on to our final ratings for Ty West's 2022 X. Hey, thanks, pals. Well, uh, I've been all over the place with this one. I appreciate it. I like it. I will watch it again at some point in life. I'm very excited to see the prequel, Pearl, and if and when they might make a sequel. So I like everything about it, but I'm not going to rate it very highly, which is bizarre. I was struggling between 6 and 7, so I landed at 6.5 out of 10. Isn't that weird? It seems like it's right, but, but I tell you what, there was like there was a thing or two that just bugged me too much. Yeah, you were not a fan of the makeup, I, rec- I recall. I, well, I wasn't going to bring it up again. Come on, man. But no, um, I was a little disappointed in things, so I dropped it a couple notches. That's right, a couple notches, because this could have been a great movie. Six and a half out of ten. Thank you very much. A good showing, a good showing indeed. All right, thank you, Slice and Dice and Dave. Thank you. Uh, maybe I'll go next. Is that okay with uh, you, Grave Robber Jeff? I guess so. I was All really right. looking forward to hearing uh, Grave Robber Jeff's uh, thing, but I guess well, I guess we'll have to wait. <laughs> okay, Jason the Terrible. What do you? What's your final rating of 
2022's X. All right. Well, I enjoyed watching this one. It's not one that I felt bored in at any point whatsoever. I thought they gave lots of time for character development. I thought the characters' reactions were realistic and their reasons for doing what they were doing made sense. There was tension throughout. There was gory violence involved, which is good for a horror movie. We didn't really talk about the cinematography too much, but it was there were stellar examples of that. Lots of very high drone shots for some things, some some interesting angles for for other things. Very well done from a the craft of movie making perspective. I was entertained. I give this a nine out of ten. Holy shit! <laughs> right on, right on. Yeah, probably echoing a lot of the sentiments that have already been said. What do you say like when you're not trying to understate something? But I'm just trying to say that that alligator scene I enjoyed. <laughs> now, now not, are you talking the one like, the one from up top? Yeah, it was just the way it was done where there's like no sound and she's swimming back to the dock and you can just see it swimming towards her. All nonchalant. I, do you know what's funny about that? I hate to hijack your ass second final review because we're supposed to be quiet. But I, I kind of thought the alligator looked a little little fake. Am I just oh. nitpicking here? Really? I think okay. you're just right. I think you're just thinking everything's fake once you saw the old one. <laughs> the guy's yeah, penis so. was probably fake. It doesn't really matter if the, the alligator is uh, fake or not from up top. <laughs> The whole thing was it was from so high up. That it, it was beautiful, yes. It was a nice shot. And uh, it was just, I can't remember seeing something like that before. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought all the actors did a good job, the dual role, even though I didn't know when I was watching it. And then they used some music and like just all the general horror stuff. The only thing that rubbed me the wrong way a bit was, I don't know, I didn't really believe the, the elderly couple as capable as, as they were. Mm. in the end as the villains or whatever you want to call them but that being said it's hard to find too many flaws to point out i was originally going to give it a 6.9 out of 10 because if there was ever a movie to do that (laughs) it would be this one but i liked it more than that so i'm coming in with a seven and a half out of ten holy holy shite you guys really liked this movie didn't you you know what i think the issue for me this week fellas was I was really pumped into watching horror movies, and then I watched both trailers, and I got even more pumped. And then I watched the movies, and I don't think I was quite as happy as I was hoping to be. Isn't that terrible? So there you go. That's why I think I came in a little lower this week. Expectations. Yeah. All right, everybody. That brings us to the end of another episode. Okay, that was fun. Jesus Christ, we should do this again. If you would like to get in touch with us, please drop us a line at watchouthorror at gmail.com. You can also visit us at our website at www.watchouthorror.com. There you can find links to all our social media presences and links to listen to our episodes in a variety of places. Thank you, Grave Robber Jeff, for recommending X, and thank you, Slice and Dice and Dave, for recommending or dictating that we watch movies about heavy metal horror. Yeah, that was all right, eh? 
All right, we want to thank you for sticking with us. We really appreciate the support. We couldn't do it without you. So until next time, and there will be a next time, be safe, treat each other well, and go watch some horror movies. Thank you for listening to Watch Out. The opinions you've just heard have been made by three guys from Canada. Please keep this in mind and enjoy responsibly. And my number one under the radar movie, Slumber Marty Party Slumber Marty. Oh my god. This is gonna be a tough, tough show. A really tough show. Really tough show. Is that what uh, Ed McMahon uh, used to say? Uh, or is that... A really tough show. Really tough show. I'm sorry. Anyways, what was I saying? You're uh, oh, yeah. Ed McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, if, has if it been a while anyone... since you've rubbed your finger over an embossed boob on the back? Because <laughs> to be fair, it's been a while since I've done that myself. Um, what movie are you talking about there, uh, Jeffrey the Terrible? That sounds sweet. It sure has a nice country, you know, with a... Yeah, no, no, Jay, Jay it's, it, it's nothing but sweet. Or, hold on, nothing but sweet? Anything but sweet, Jay. Anything. Oh, it sounded like kind of a wholesome beginning. Unless you consider sweet, sweet railings of one another. <laughs> sweet. Okay, sorry, Jeff. Keep going. This, this, this didn't work. <laughs> What's so bad? About it? It's human, human nature. Uh, go on, Jay. So the couple that they rent from, or uh, the couple that they rent the, what the hell do they rent? Townhouse. Guest house. Outhouse. Guest house. Guest house. Outhouse. So the house, so the guy, so the couple that they, <laughs> see, this is what happens. You get me to do stuff. So the house they rent from the couple. God damn it. <laughs> One moment. Okay. I'm centering myself. Calm blue ocean. Calm blue Calm ocean. blue ocean. All right. Do you guys remember a horror movie that had a really good song that you just couldn't get out of your head? I do. It's called Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, and it was by Dramarama, Anything, Anything. What a great song. When I think of the best song from a horror movie, that's what I think of. Jason the Terrible? I think the best song from a horror movie I remember was uh, I'm Back from Rocktober Blood. Are you uh, being a dink face or are you being uh, serious? Oh, it's just on the top of my head right now. You remember a horror Jeff? movie with a, with a great song there, Jeff? Oh, the first thing that came to mind when you mentioned that would be the song from The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Like, like The that Doors? One's... That one's oh, people of strains, or that one that goes, cry little sister. That one, right? Yeah, but I don't think they say cry little sister very often in that movie. I think but, they just do the choir backgrounds, oh, but I could be wrong. Okay.